Now, I want to speak to you on the subject, how to train the human spirit. You know, your spirit can be educated just as the mind can be. And your spirit can be built up in strength as the body can be built up. And uh, I have four rules by which it can be accomplished. I want to give you these four rules. You know, we need to realize that our spirits uh, can, as we said, be educated, trained, developed, just as our mind can be. Or our spirits can be trained and developed and built up in strength, just as our body can be. Too many times we've taken time to educate the mind. We've taken time even to build up the body and have neglected the human spirit. You can build yourself up spiritually. Now you'll not be able to build yourself up spiritually or edu uh, to, to educate or train your spirit just overnight any more than you're able to educate and train your mind overnight. And so then let me say this to you that just because you may practice these rules, these four rules that I'm about to give you, just because you practice them one day, one week, one month, or even one year, is no sign that you're just simply going to arrive by then. But I'll tell you this, as you continue to practice these rules, you'll find that you will develop spiritually and be built up spiritually, and that your spirit will be educated and trained. Now then notice these, these rules. Number one, uh, the developing or the training of the human spirit comes by meditation in the Word. You'll notice that of these uh, four points, three of them have to do with the Word of God. We must realize the value of God's Word. And we must realize the value of quiet meditation in the Word of God. The most deeply spiritual men and women I know are people who give time to meditation in the Word of God. You cannot develop spiritual wisdom without meditation. God told Joshua that fact, you remember, in the very beginning of his ministry. After the death of Moses, here in Joshua 1.8, God said to Joshua, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Another translation reads, instead of saying thou shalt have good success, said, you will be able to deal wisely in the affairs of life, or the things of life. Now you certainly wouldn't have good success if you couldn't deal wisely in the affairs of life or in the things of life. And so God told Joshua to meditate in the Word. He told him that if he would do it, then he would make his way prosperous and he would have good success. Take time to meditate in the Word of God. Shut yourself in alone with your own spirit where the world is shut out. If you're going or if you're ambitious to do something worthwhile, I would suggest that you begin by taking 10 or 15 minutes daily by med for meditation. Now that isn't much, but begin by taking 10 or 15 minutes and then uh, it'll grow. Begin the development of your own spirit. And here is where the development 
of your own spirit begins is by taking time to meditate in the Word. So I said then that number one, the training, the educating, the development, developing of the human spirit comes by meditation in the Word. Now number two is that it comes by practicing the Word. Now practicing the Word means being a doer of the Word. You remember James says, Be ye doers of the Word and not hearers only. We've got talkers about the Word and we've got people who rejoice about the Word, but we don't have many doers of the Word. You can't be a doer of the Word and continue to talk unbelief. That's the reason I know so many people are not doing the Word. Because if they were practicing the Word of God, they would not be talking doubt and discouragement and fear and failure and defeat. You know, that's so important, I want to say it again. I said, we've got a lot of people who are talkers about the Word, but we do not have many doers of the Word. You can't be a doer of the Word and continue to talk unbelief. Now, that's the reason that I know that so many people are not doers of the word because I hear them constantly talking unbelief, talking doubt, talking fear, talking failure, talking discouragement. Well, if they were a doer of the word, they wouldn't be doing that because the word of God will not teach them to do that. The word of God teaches them to walk by faith and to talk by faith because our talk is a part of our walk. And so if we're walking by faith, well, then, of course, we're talking faith. And if we're talking faith, we're walking by faith. And you know, the Bible said we walk by faith and not by sight. Now, here in James, the first chapter, the 22nd verse, it says, But be ye doers of the word. James 1.22 But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Now, the margin reads, Deluding your own self. We have many self-deluded people. They have deluded themselves. Oh, I know, they lay it on to somebody else. And some of them even lay it on to the devil. But really, as the scripture said here, deceiving or deluding yourselves. They have deluded themselves. Now, friends, stop deluding yourself. Begin to practice being a doer of the word. And under all circumstances, do what the Word tells you to do. Now, some people think that being a doer of the Word is to keep the Ten Commandments. No, that's not what he's talking about here. After all, we under the New Covenant have but one commandment. That is the commandment of love. You know, Jesus said, uh, I give you a new commandment. And this new commandment was that you love one another. Now, you know, if, if you love someone, you won't steal from them. You won't lie about him. And so, you know, Paul said love is the fulfilling of, of the law. If you walk in love, you won't break any law that was given to curb sin. So it means to walk in love, all right. That's what it means to be a doer of the word. But it also means to do primarily what is written in the epistles. You know, these are the letters that are written to the church. And so we need, need to be a doer of the new covenant. 
not a doer of the old covenant, but a doer of the new covenant. The epistles belong to us. Philippians 4, chapter 6, verse is written to the church. These letters, the epistles, are written to the church. They belong to us. It's the word that's given to us. Let's be a doer of it. Let's, let's look here at Philippians 4, 6. It says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So, do that. Another translation reads, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, let your request be made known unto God with thanksgiving. Now, we practice part of that. We don't mind practicing the part that says to pray, but if you just practice that part and not the other part, you're not practicing the word or you're not being a doer of the word. You are not a doer of the word. First, he said, not to fret. Now, if you're going to fret and have anxieties, then it isn't going to do any good to make requests. We teach prayer, but why don't we just go ahead and teach the whole story on it? Why teach just part of it? That kind of praying doesn't work. That kind of over-anxious prayer, full of fretfulness, doesn't work. That's what the Spirit of God is saying through Paul. Paul is telling the people that when he said, be careful for nothing, or as we read here, the Amplified Translation, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And so let's not only be a doer of the latter part of the script of this verse, Philippians 4, 6, but let's be a doer of the whole verse. Now I'm only using this verse as an illustration. We need to take the whole New Testament, all these letters that are written to the epistles, our epistles that are written to the churches, and be a doer of them. I remember in connection with this verse of scripture here in Philippians that a number of years ago a minister came to me. Well, I felt so sorry for him. But sometimes, you know, just feeling sorry for a person, minister, whoever they are, doesn't help. It doesn't give him an answer just to sympathize with him. Something I know had come up in this man's life, the storms and the tests were on. He couldn't sleep. His stomach, according to his testimony to me, was upset. He wasn't able to keep anything down that he ate. His nerves were just shot because of this particular incident. He came to me to see if I could help him, and thank God I could. At first, he sort of rebelled against the help, though really it was God's help. I began to tell him what the Word said and how to pray about it. I had him take this scripture and, and, and read it. This very scripture that I've given you, Philippians 4, 6, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. And I had him to read it from the, uh, the Amplified Translation. Do not fret to have any anxiety about anything. But uh, he would say then to me, Oh yes, but everybody doesn't have the faith that you have. I told him that they didn't, but they did have the same Bible I have. I told him that it wasn't a matter of having a lot of faith. He told me 
It seemed that I didn't have a care in the world. I told him this was because I was practicing the word. I kept telling him that even though people didn't have as strong a faith as they did, as I did, they did have the same Bible, and if they had practiced it, they could build up their faith and become strong in faith. I told him that it's a matter of endeavoring to practice the word. I told him that as long as he was going to worry and fret, he wasn't going to sleep or eat. I told him that when I get alone and read this verse out loud, I tell the Lord that his word is true and I believe it. I told this minister that he would be tempted to say he couldn't help worrying and fretting, but I told him that God hadn't asked us to do something that we can't do. Now when God said not to fret, this, this means then that we can keep from it. God is a just God, and he won't ask us to do something that we can't do. I believe that I could make my request known unto God, but it was hard to believe that I couldn't fret. But God said that we don't have to fret. I would say then that I refuse to fret or have any anxiety about anything. Now I told all this to this minister I was telling you about. I would tell the Lord, I said then, that I bring my request unto him. And then I would thank him for the answer. This quiets my spirit and pacifies the troubled spirit that the devil tries to make me have. I get up and go, and before I know it, the devil is trying to get me again. I just simply go right back and read this verse again, keep claiming it. Now see, I'm telling this minister and you too how, how I practice the word. After I told this minister all this, he told me later that when he started doing this, the problem worked out and did not get as big as he was expecting. He was going to be sued over a certain condition, but it didn't amount to anything. God helped him out of it. Now you know, friends, you can become so fretful over something that you don't eat or sleep. Your stomach feels as though it has butterflies in it. All you have to do is to practice the word and you'll get results. So then meditate and feed on the letters that were written to the church. These are letters then that are written to you as a believer. Here is God the Holy Spirit speaking to the church. And so meditate upon these letters and upon what he has to say. And then be a doer of the word. Now if you'll do that, you will grow spiritually. Now then, that will bring me to the third point, or this third rule that I'm giving you on uh, how to train the human spirit. Now number three is that the training, the developing, the educating of our spirits comes by giving, number three, giving the Word of God first place in our lives. This means to give the Word the word first place in our lives proverbs chapter 4 verse 20 21 and 22 now it says my son attend to my words incline thine ears unto my sayings keep them in the midst of thine heart let them not depart from before thine eyes. And then it says, keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they, my words, are life unto those that find them. Now notice something else. And health to all their flesh. Or the margin reads, medicine to all their flesh. 
always put the Word of God first. Now, it's a strange thing to me that some people just won't do this. We should train ourselves to ask ourselves what God says about these things. Or in other words, we should train ourselves to ask ourselves what God has to say about anything that may come up in our life and put that word first then. Sometimes families and friends will try to rush you into things, but you need to think about what the word of God says. We need to put God's word first in every area of life. Now then let's come to the fourth point. You know, we gave you four, four rules to uh, train, to educate, to develop the human spirit. Number one, med by meditation in the Word. Number two, by practice in the Word. Number three, by giving the Word first place. Now then let's come to number four, by instantly obeying the voice of our spirit. Now, the human spirit has a voice. We call that voice conscience. Sometimes we call it intuition. We call it an inner voice or guidance. Now, the world calls it a hunch. I don't like to use that term, but actually it's in, in, in use in the world. The world calls it a hunch. But really, it's your spirit talking to you. Every man's spirit has a voice, whether he be saved or unsaved. But the new birth, we need to realize, friends, is the rebirth of the human spirit. And so a man that's born again has become a new man in Christ Jesus. As you give your spirit the privilege of meditating upon the Word, then this is where your spirit gets its information. As you, you give your spirit the privilege of meditating upon the Word, your spirit will become strong. And that inward voice, which is your conscience speaking to you, your spirit educated in the spirit will become, you see, a true guide. For the spirit, Proverbs 20, 27, the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. Your spirit has the life and the nature of God in it. The Holy Spirit dwells within your spirit. You see, uh, greater is he, 1 John 4, 4 said, that is in you than he that is in the world. And the Holy Spirit's not dwelling in your head. The Holy Spirit is dwelling in your spirit. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. Now the devil doesn't dwell within you. He's on the outside. He can't be giving you the information because he's not in you. He's on the outside of you. God has to communicate with you through your spirit because that's where he is. He isn't in your head. Your spirit gets its information through him. Learn to obey your spirit. Now some people say that the conscience isn't a safe guide, but that statement isn't always true. It needs to be qualified because the conscience is a safe guide in the believer. Your conscience is the voice of your spirit or the voice of your spirit can become the voice of God, God speaking to you. The spirit of man, this text says in Proverbs 20, 27, is the candle of the Lord. God will use your spirit to guide you. 
He will use your spirit to enlighten you. As your spirit has the privilege of meditating and feeding upon the word of God, then can't you see that it becomes more and more a safe guide? It is trained in the word. Paul said that he always obeyed his conscience. The Holy Spirit, with some of us who have certain ministries, does not speak to us a, a little differently, but mostly in the lives of believers. The inward voice is the voice of your spirit. Under the New Testament, Jesus said another comforter would come. Gideon didn't know the Holy Spirit. You know the Holy Spirit. God deals with man through his spirit and by the Holy Spirit. He sent the Holy Spirit to dwell in us. And Jesus said that he would guide us in all truth. Now Satan is the God of the sense realm, not God. And so many times what people are trying to do is to get God to move in this, this physical realm or this sense realm. But you know, nowhere in the New Testament does it say as many as are led by fleeces, they are the sons of God. No. But you'll find that the Bible does say in Romans, the 8th chapter, the 14th verse, that but as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Remember that God is going to lead you and to guide you. We need to realize though, friends, that God is going to guide us through our spirits. And that if our spirit that has a life in the nature of God in it has the privilege to meditate in the Word of God, our spirit becomes a safe guide. And so friends, I would advise you to do this. Learn to obey the voice of your spirit. Now, if you're not used to doing that, of course, you won't get that quickly. But eventually, as you walk in the light of the word and put into practice these four rules that I gave you, eventually you'll come to the place where you will know in your spirit what you should do. You will be able to get guidance even in the minor details of life. You'll always get instantly a yes or a no. Now let me reiterate this fact that you will not get there overnight. We are talking about how to train the human spirit. We have said to you, maybe sum up now in conclusion, that your spirit can be educated as the mind can be. Your spirit can be built up in strength just as the body can be built up. Your spirit can be trained, educated, built up like the mind and the body can. But your mind was not educated, trained, or developed overnight. In other words, you didn't start, start the school one week in the first grade, and the next week they graduated you from the 11th or 12th grade. But by going to school, as you continued to go to school, and your mind became educated and trained and developed, then eventually you did graduate. So then, follow these rules that I give you in training, educating, and developing your human spirit. And in the process of time, not overnight, but in the process of time, I want to reiterate it, in the process of time, you won't get that quickly, but eventually you'll come to the place where you'll know in your spirit what you shall do. You'll always be able to get instantly, even in the minor details of life, a yes or a no.